Welcome to season two of the Surly Horns podcast. We're excited to get back to you and get into the podcasting cadence again. I've got a new guest with me that's going to be helping me out with these podcasts and be a regular on here. So a warm welcome to RGB3. I'm sure he's feeling it in his plums. Oh, yeah. It's all the way deep down in the plums. Yeah, no, it feels great. feels great to get back uh, into the podcasting game. And, uh, you know, what an exciting time in Texas football. Uh, definitely didn't expect to be here, uh, but here we are. Yeah, and so... Some of you may be wondering, why, where did the podcast go? Is it just going to disappear again um, this time? Not well, this time. Well, last time. Yeah, not this time. Not this so time. <laughs> we're going to do our damnedest to, to actually make this happen. And, and really, it's all about making schedules and, and a cadence. And I think we've uh, come to an agreement once uh, we had some posters say, hey, you know, it'd be great if there was a podcast. And uh, in a thread, I made a throwaway comment of like, all I need is somebody to step up and and come talk with me. And RGB3 has stepped up to the plate. Absolutely. I think my wife's most excited because I, I don't have to just talk to her about this shit anymore. Uh, I get to actually uh, get all my crazy fucking thoughts out uh, of my head and onto this microphone. Yeah. And so... I'm really excited because RGB3, obviously a great prolific poster on the site. He has all the- I don't know if that's a compliment, but- (laughs) (laughs) He's probably one of the only other people that spends as much time on the site as I do. Yeah. It's always exciting to talk to. Wear that that F5 key out. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, And my wife is pretty happy about this too, because now I don't have to bore her with some of the the topics that I come up with and all the things that I want to do. Yeah. If, uh, if she didn't ever have to hear Tom Herman's name again, it would be way too soon. So yeah, I think she's, uh, she's very happy. I uh, get all my thoughts out on this shit. All right. So let's uh, talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Got a few pretty cool segments, I think lined up. Um, the first thing that we're going to talk through is where were you when Tom Herman was fired? Oh, and the glorious moment. A, yeah, the, the, the epic moment that you had the oh shit reaction. And then what did you immediately do following that? Uh, after that, it's all about the Sark hire and what went through your brain after that. And so we'll talk both about our perspective there. Then we'll get into the meat of what everybody really wants to know. And that's who we're going after from an assistant coach perspective and what decisions have already been made by the Sarkeesian administration. Yep, absolutely. It looks like uh, Tuesday is going to be a pretty damn big day uh, once this uh, national title game is over. So um, hopefully we can get everybody prepped and um, that way you don't have to keep refreshing that one assistant coaching thread. Uh, We'll get it all out here. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting, a little bit about basketball, pick who we think was going to win the national championship, and then wrap it up with some top five moments um, to either hate or remember lovingly the piece of shit that is Tom Herman. Yeah, probably not a lot to love, but, you know, there's there there are some things. I mean, the fact that he's just not Charlie Strong is probably the biggest, uh, you know, biggest deal about him. not being that bad. Nice. All right. So where were you when Tom was fired? How did you react? Um, So I nearly shit my pants. Um, I was in Starbucks with my daughter. I was getting my wife a coffee, Um, going to order. Uh, I immediately see it pop up on my, on my Twitter feed that Tom Herman has been let go. Um, and I got yelled at, um, and in a Starbucks because I did not hear that the cashier said it was my turn to order. Um, I immediately tried to get on the board. Uh, that shit was slow. Um, I'll let you talk more about that, but, um, I did not know how to process it. Uh, immediately my thought was, Oh shit, we got urban Meyer. I mean, there hasn't been another name spouted out and it looks like they, uh, they came to terms on uh, that Thursday before with Sark and, I guess the uh, the timing of it makes a lot of sense um, when you think about it. You know, now we're going to be 
the third most discussed team tomorrow um, when it uh, when the national championship game is going to get played. So I think that's uh, that's a pretty big deal and a pretty good look for Texas. And hopefully uh, Sark's going to drop a 50 burger on Ohio State. Yeah, so I was at home uh, and I was just watching TV with my wife. I don't even remember what was on the TV. And I got a Twitter notification from the, you know, the University of Texas Twitter account. And I just saw the general preview of the content. I didn't even click on um, the, the actual press release from the university. I went straight to Surly. And like you said, it was slow. And I was like, oh, shit. Right? So getting I immediately logged in and, you know, worked some magic and, and you know, rebalanced some traffic a little bit. I think the slowdown was only really a, a two and a half or three minutes. And then yeah. from there, it was just nutty, right? And yeah, the, had to- moving. That, those threads were moving. I mean, and, and yeah, I mean, it crashed – Hey, kudos to you guys because Inside Texas crashed for like a full day. So their servers couldn't handle that capacity. So I can't I can't even imagine what kind of bandwidth flowing through that sucker. Yeah. So immediately after I didn't have time to react to actually the the intense feelings of joy because I had a freak out moment that I was going to ruin everybody's day. (laughs) <laughs> that they got to go the one chance to celebrate. And finally fucking celebrate oh. that it was actually happening. Yep. And so after after that was all fixed and and that it really started to set in for me and I felt incredible. And oh, yeah. I felt incredible until I had all of my friends texting me, it's Sark, it's Sark. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not fucking Sark. Stop ruining my day. I thought it was urban for sure. And I, I even tweeted on the Surly Horns account, you know, welcome to the 40 Urban Meyer. Uh, that tweet. Freezing sucks. cold takes right there. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that didn't that didn't last long at all. Yeah, but I think it was something that everybody knew was going to happen. So what moment this year? Did you know that Tom Herman was a goner? Well, I will mention that uh, I knew, you knew, everybody on Surly knew, everybody at Inside Texas knew, fucking Chip Brown didn't. That motherfucker still thinks he's probably employed. Uh, you know, CDC treats that motherfucker like a lap dog, and They put out the weakest statement of support that I have ever seen in my entire life. That That was not worth the just the how much he typed it out like it didn't say Tom Herman is in fact still the head coach yeah he literally just he basically just posted a picture of his of his business card and said hey yeah he's actually our head coach for this moment he might as well said for this exact moment um I mean I know it was for recruiting and I guess it worked I mean we didn't see any decommits really um but at the end of the day, good God, man. Either way, I knew he was done after the the eyes of Texas with Sam. I mean, that I, what a terrible look. Just just a garbage look. And I don't care what the circumstances are, but I mean, then you hear all the stuff behind the scenes about him, you know, CDC literally telling Tom, like, no, every single motherfucker needs to at least stand out there. And the next game, the very next game, you get the Sam picture. And... Uh, the second I saw that, it, it was done. Um, yeah, that was the same moment for me. I, yeah. I was hoping to tell a different story, but I knew, oh, I yeah. knew for a fact that Tom was gone. Not because of the loss, yep. Um, because that was a great. I mean, Ice actually still had aspirations for for the season. Oh, for sure. Uh, even though that there was a loss there, because except of go for two, go for two another time. You dumb turtle motherfucker! You dumb turtle motherfucker! Go for two. It was right there. It was right there. Yeah, the end of the fucking game. You just oh. end the game with the statement. Yeah, but I, I knew in that moment, whenever I saw Sam standing there by himself, that Tom lost the locker room. Done. He and and you can't lead effectively in anything. I mean, even football in life in anything. Yeah. When you you've lost the locker room, so to speak, and I For think sure. that was the moment for Tom and. uh and then, and then we got to have an agonizing rest of the COVID bullshit season oh. where, like, we were hoping the Kansas game would happen. 
For we sure. didn't know why we were hoping the Kansas game <laughs> happened, but everybody wanted the Kansas game to happen. And that game felt so important for, we'll never know the reason yep. why all of us thought that game was so important. Maybe it's because we thought that, fuck, if he loses, then we could finally fire this shit state yep. without having a coach lined up or who knows? Yeah, I'm still so shocked that they know. didn't. I mean, at that point, like even after Oklahoma, I think if he, if they lost to Oklahoma State, he was gone midseason. I think they would have let Ash or Drayton or Yursich or whoever. I think they would have let let them finish out the season because at that point they would have known Tom's gone. But of course, he bumblefucks his way into a win there. Then he, you know, plays up against Iowa State, and the, I mean, really. Dicker missing that kick was it was the nail in the coffin for him and 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 it totally makes sense um you know once once they were out of Big 12 contention but they were flirting with Urban Meyer the second after the Red River rivalry I mean they were I mean he was gone and at that point I mean I, see ya fucking see ya Tom I'm I'm done with it I'm done with him it's it it feels good to be you know I have some reservations with Sark but at the end of the day he's not fucking Tom Herman and that's the most important thing that winning shouldn't be hard. Oh, so yeah. Fuck you, Tom Herman. On the, on the Sark. <laughs> <laughs> on the Sark. On the Sark. Yeah. So, whenever I, I told, I gave a little preview of how I felt initially. I, I was very adamant in my heart of hearts that I did not want Steve Sarkeesian to be the next head football coach at the University of Texas. Same. But I came, I came over there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about our journey of embracing the yeah. song. It, it, it really has been a journey. Uh, you know, the first minute I was thinking is Brian Kelly or it's urban Meyer. I thought for sure. One of those guys, maybe a Dan Mullen sneaks in there. I do not want to hear any more about Gary fucking Kubiak being a legitimate, <laughs> legitimate guy that we, we think Jeff Trailer Trailer was the, the one leading. He wasn't trailblazing that path. Yeah. Oh my God. But anyway, um, so then, you know, I'm hearing, okay, well, Brian Kelly just lost in the, in the playoff. It's him. It's gotta be this. That's the only, that's the only name that can, that can make sense. And then I'm stunned. I'm pissed. It's Sark. It it, it happened. And, you know, first, I, of course, I don't want to really believe it. And the, the, I mean, when you say it's Steve Sarkeesian, there's one thing. And I think every fan's mind, um, that pops up and it's booze. Um, I think, you know, his, his history of alcoholism, good God, well documented too. There's one thing about, you know, blackout drunk trying to coach a game. Yeah. He's literally, literally against, yeah, I think it was Arizona state drunk on the sidelines. And I, I remember it at Washington. Have you ever seen the uh, picture of, uh, his expense bill or his, uh, expense tab from a bar yes. 40 yeah. shots of Patron. I mean, I assume it's not his, but you know, I say that I've seen some, I've seen some, I'm in sales. So I've seen some receipts for some oil and gas customers that would make you blush. Uh, 40, 40 shots of Patron is that's, that's a, that's just a happy hour right there. Um, but yeah, he uh, apparently that was, that's the problem is that was every happy hour for him. So yeah. We're going yeah. we're gonna to get through that. I, and I, you know, my instant reaction was one of non-belief and you're ruining you're ruining my ability to enjoy this moment that yeah. we've gotten rid of our shitbag coach, he who shall not be named. Right? <laughs> and, Baltimore does. and I'm just trying to fucking enjoy this. The only thing that could have made it better was an urban announcement. And you're trying to shove Steve Sarkeesian down my throat. Yeah, especially it was, uh, it, it was fucking uh, Chip Brown that was doing it, too. Just trying to take a liquid shit all over our hopes and dreams. Uh, that I think that pissed me off more than anything. Yeah, I, and it, it is kind of funny because the hire almost was a bigger wave than the firing. For sure. Uh, and, I, you know, that I think that was as much shit as we love to talk about Chris Delcani, um and how he fucked all of this up. And it was basically, you know, smokescreen this or they fucked it up and they didn't get urban. I think the the bang bang from the firing and and riding whatever tsunami that generated into the hiring of Sarkeesian, that hype machine was was pretty genius just in in general the way that they timed that out and and gave it a few hours 
in between those two events to basically make this crescendo. Yeah, yeah it really was. Uh, and that's, that's what it felt like, even with my thoughts on it. You know, I figured, you know, once once he was gone and, you know, Chip Brown reports it, I'm thinking to myself, ah, oh, fucking Sark. But those hours, you know, I did, did some more digging. You know, I looked into it, looked into him, looked into his background. And uh, mainly I just watched like five minutes of the Bama offense. And I said, okay. I, I, I can get behind this fucking guy. This guy, this guy knows some shit. I don't care how much of this is saving. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest X's and O's guys. There's, there's a ton of people that can do that. So yeah, if you're, if you came to this podcast expecting us to, you know, be diagnosing screenplays and shit, I don't think that's going to be this kind of podcast, but um, you know, just being a knowledgeable football fan and being able to watch from my eyes, that offense hums and you know it's not like he's put t- taken a five-star quarterback sure he has five stars everywhere else but i mean mac jones was a three-star and the thought of putting a hudson card or a casey thompson or uh, hell even charles wright and especially a quinn ewers which i'm sure we'll yeah, get to quinn talk about ewers. yeah i mean that yeah. quinn ewers is built in a fucking lab to run steve sarkisian ob- offense i could not imagine a player with a better fit than ewers in sark's offense well, and and I mean, the only other even close QB whisperer is Lincoln Riley. Right. I think there's going to be a really interesting dynamic between essentially the two head football coach QB whisperers um, being in this it, right now in the same league. Yep. And, it, you know, if it goes back divisional in the same division. There's going to be some um, absolute yeah. shootouts in Dallas uh, in the next couple of years, I think. Uh, I think it's going to be crazy. And then let's just keep praying that Riley leaves for the NFL soon. Yeah. <laughs> That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. <laughs> Look good enough to where you get, you know, go be the coach of the Jags and fuck off. May the dark times be ahead for our enemies. So oh. for me, I, I, I started, I really only embraced sarkeesian's hiring i i was in full denial right i was a like a conspiracy theorist in full-blown denial that it was happening uh until the university made the announcement and then um obviously the the zoom call happened and i was still just really shocked at why why is the university of texas taking another bet why are why is this another coin flip higher why are we doing this all over again? Yep. And then the more I started listening to the conversations that, you know, Jay Hartzell and CDC were all framing and the way that it's the hire was framed, even after the fact, started to make me understand what direction they were going. They're not trying to bring in. Uh, somebody like Urban, who's just going to take what's going on and transform it into something great. And then if that guy leaves it, right, just immediately goes back to nothing. What they're trying to do is build an entire staff for sure of, of killers. And yeah, make sure that. that- uh, they yeah. even mentioned it in the press conference, like you were saying too. Uh, he's, I think he's CDC said the word staff like two or three times. He's so excited about the staff. Yeah, and really it's that the University of Texas should have the best offensive linemen. The University of Texas should have the best defensive linemen. The University of Texas should have the best defensive backs. The University of Texas should have the best running back stable in the country, right? They should have the best quarterback. And I think that mentality was really, really clear in in these early press conferences. I know coach speak and everything else, but before – even with the strong hires and the Herman hires, it was about culture and instilling whatever. And, and this isn't about culture. This is about being who we are, right? And being the fucking best. Bringing the best here and turning them into the best at the next level. Absolutely. No more fucking Derek Wareheim, you know, taking giant dumps in, in recruits living rooms. I mean, we're, I mean, yeah. And it just, you know, we'll get into the assistant coach hires and, and who they're talking to now, but this is already just with the names that we've heard basically confirmed at this point, this is the best staff that we've seen since Mac um, without question. I mean, hell, just, just Kyle Flood alone makes it a better staff than anything that Herman or, or, or Chuckles fucking brought on as a staff. I mean, 
Good lord! Just and there's there's some there. buddy hires, but they're tangential buddy hires for sure, right? It's not it's not comfort buddy hires. It's, exactly. I just happen to be friends with this guy who's an excellent coach. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, bringing in a guy like you know Milwee, we'll, we'll we'll get into you know a little bit, but um, sure, he might seem like a comfort hire, but this guy was literally just named offensive coordinator at Arkansas State before choosing to become the quarterback coach here. So it's like, sure, it's it's somebody he has a relationship with and it's somebody he's know, which is great for alignment, but he's still a fucking good coach. I mean, we're poaching, you know, we're not poaching Cougar high guys anymore. We're poaching Bama guys. Yeah, well, and then, you know, we've got Gideon coming back and yep. uh, we're, we're only going to talk about the fucking drop no catch. interception yeah. one more time. And then that's it. Hopefully that's just the, the last time we ever talk about it because He's done some great things since he left the 40 acres, right? Yep. And he Special is coach of the year. Hands down, one of the, the best names up and coming on the special teams or defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Um, he's a passionate guy. He's a smart guy who can, you know, communicate effectively with players. And I, I'm excited to see what he's going to be bringing to the overall picture, not just sure. um, the special teams component. Yeah, I think a big thing, too, is, you know, he he knows the school, um, which I think is crucial for a guy like Sark, you know, who needs to get that instant comfortability um, that, you know, is is inherently not there. I mean, he was born in California, California, you know, West Coast guy, you know, Bama now. So he's, you know, at least familiar with the South. But, um, you know, he's not that familiar with Austin, Texas. And, you know. Hell, just Gideon being able to tell him where the pluckers is 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 a win. Um, but you know, I think Gideon's also seen the expectations of what you know Max put out there, what Mac did, how Mac handled things. That um, you know, he he can be kind of a guy that can be leaned on. And like you said, he's a great coach. I mean, special teams coach of the year. I think God, I think they had like eight or nine blocked kicks or something like that at U of H his year there. Um, before he got poached by Kiffin um, at Old Miss, so uh, I think uh, I think that's a great hire. Um, I honestly I don't know what he's going to be coaching in the defensive backfield, but just him alone in special teams is going to be a lot better than Jay Bulware. And I mean, hell, this guy he he'll, he might make Deshaun Jamison a lot of fucking money um, in the return game. You know, something that uh, I haven't thought about until just now, in and maybe we'll do this for the next podcast, a different segment is. How many national championship games of experience does this staff have? Yeah, that's a great um, point. Either as a player or as a coach. Because I think that this is going to be one of the most experienced at that level coaching staff that, that is being put together. For sure. I mean, even even with – I mean, Drayton was really the only guy, I think, with championship chops at that point uh, besides Herman himself with, from his time with Ohio State. So – um, just adding more of those guys on top of it with, you know, flood and Millie and, um, you know, I think when all, yeah, when so all let's talk about who we've got, yeah, let's talk about who's inked, who's inked and in, yep. right. Who's official. And then let's start the rampant speculation. Absolutely. What we do about who the fuck is going to lead the defense. Yes. Oh my God. Um, uh, so the fact that we haven't heard it yet, uh, we'll get into it, but you know, the fact that we haven't heard it yet, gives me a lot of hope um but yeah let's talk about who's in so far um so we have a uh, quarterback coach which is milwee um so like i said earlier he was named the offensive coordinator at um, butch jones staff in arkansas state um since then he turned down the offer and he's coming to austin um you know not much is known about him he he spent time with akron um i believe is their offensive coordinator um so really it's, he's kind of a complete unknown. I think the biggest thing was um, two Bama coaches, Sarkeesian and Jones, have wanted to poach him um, and bring him along. So I think uh, his upside's off the charts. Uh, from what I've heard and read from the way that these guys talk about Milwee is that he is uh, like kind of a young savant type where if he has the, the right – people around him and the right influence that he's just going to be kind of the next big deal. Yep. Um, And and you're always looking for one of those. A lot of parallels there with like somebody like Sean McVay, right. Who is a super young guy to have as much success and have Sean McVay is changing the NFL. Right. And so maybe that's what they think this Milwee guy is 
for college is how yeah, do you, I'll take how one of those. Capture that lightly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, th- I think this guy's probably going to be on kind of a, a quick path. Um, my guess is he could be, you know, offensive coordinator um, in the next year or two, uh, whether that be at Texas or somewhere else. I think he's a guy that's, you know, just kind of primed to get poached. Um, cause even if it is Sarkeesian calling plays, um, I think the quarterback coach is a, is a big hire. Um, and it says a lot when Sark's putting all his faith in this guy, uh, especially this young guy to, to really lead the charge there. All right. And then at running backs, one of the only coaches, I think maybe the only coach that I know of that's been retained. Yeah. Yeah. Drayton. I think, uh, just to keep Bijan in the room, keep Bijan happy all for it. Don't care. You know, I, I think he's a, he's a good coach. I mean, he turned our third string true freshman quarterback, Roshan Johnson into a hell of a running back. Um, I think, I think that's, it's huge to uh, keep him in the fold. He has championship chops. I know, um, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good recruiter. Um, I know he's not the volume recruiter at the running back position, like most people expect, but um, I, I, I think, his name alone and his familiarity with the school and familiarity with the team is huge. I mean, everything I've seen out of the running backs room, uh, I've, I've, I've liked, um, I haven't disliked anything that, that the running backs room has really been putting on the field. That's not the product that I've been dissatisfied with under, um, the, the former regime. I, I, you know, Everybody wants to talk about some really unfortunate plays with Keontae Ingram oh, and you know catch the ball. Wish that guy the best, you know, at, at the next level. And I actually and think he's coming he's back. Doing. So, uh, uh, word on the street is uh, Ingram's going to be coming back next year. Um, at least that's what it's looking like. Um, which but at that, it's a good stable of backs, right? I sure. mean, th- that's always been uh, uh, really good. I think very under leverage, right? I don't think yep. it was ever properly used and. You know, that's really unfortunate that last season that that room was plagued by injury. Um, this season wasn't plagued by injury. It was self-sabotage. Right. Absolutely. And so I think I think unlocking uh, what Stan Drayton and and those guys that are putting in the work um, that, you know, we've, we've got Bijan already reviewing film that, oh, yeah. that Sark's sending over. And that's a. You know, that to, to think that that was a direct relationship between Sark and, and Bijan without going through Stan Drayton and, and having Bijan prepped and ready to go with the, the new head coach. I think it speaks it speaks volumes for what kind of coach that, that Stan is and and how yeah. he runs that that group of fellas that they're dedicated to doing everything to be the best at at their craft. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, he's, he's crucial in um, LJ Johnson's recruitment, which we'll get into the recruiting notes in a little bit. But um, if we had any chance at that, you know, we would need Drayton retained and here he is. Um, I think what's crazy is, you know, I think really, you know, one of Herman's downfalls, I think has been his, um, his constant switching of players, you know, between receivers. I mean, the, they're swapping players every single play, including running backs. I mean, how often did, I mean, I know I yelled at this TV about a billion times when, you know, we just run Roshan Johnson right behind Denzel fucking Okafor for two yards. When you have Bijan Robinson, who's the best running back to at least since Foreman, um, just sitting on the sidelines. So now, I mean, I, I pulled up their, um, Najee Harris's stats at Alabama and what Sark was doing. He's feeding, Najee Harris. I mean, he's he, he's yeah. I have you give no the ball doubt. to your best fucking player. Feed the studs. There's a whole page in Sark's playbook that's just FTS. Feed the studs. And uh, Najee Harris had 200 something carries. Bijan had like 80 this year. He, I mean, I it, I don't think it's a stretch at all to say Bijan Robinson could be in New York City next year for the Heisman ceremony if Sark uses him how he should be used. And you, I mean, we, we've heard the buzz, right? Every everywhere he's been since 2012 has had a thousand yard rusher. Wow! Uh, when's the last time that Texas had a thousand yard rusher? Yeah. And when's me. the last yeah. time we could potentially have two? Absolutely. Yeah. And then you know, I think just seeing how the running back's going to be used. I mean. Earl and Ricky and I mean just being able to sell all those guys and plus what we're doing now I mean just just keep those studs running through um, no more quarterback power 50 times a fucking game all right so who else we got so everything um, else is speculative we don't know wide receivers yet 
Yeah, we don't know wide receiver yet. Um, the names are uh, Wiggins, uh, Kerry Colbert, um, T. Martin's name has been mentioned, but nothing firm there. And then uh, they, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but the OU wide receiver coach, supposedly we're trying to money whip him um, at double his salary. So uh, any chance we get to poach one of their guys, I'm all for. So, and then offensive coordinator slash offensive line. I think, yeah, the uh, Texas flood, baby. Yeah, I mean, God, going from – Yes. <laughs> Going from Herb Hand to Kyle Flood is more than night and day. Holy shit. I mean, he's got to be the best offensive line hire we've had since. Uh, you you tell me. I mean, um, I know. I mean, as long as I can remember, I don't remember. Because, yeah. you know, it goes back to what we were talking about when we first started talking about the, the putting together of the staff. It really does seem that unless that right group of players is going to be the best group of that, that they don't, they're not interested in the hire. And that's what this flood hire feels like to me is a real dedication to making the offensive line, the best offensive line in the NCAA. Agreed. Agreed. And there's, there's so much talent in Texas and especially in this goddamn 2021 class. I mean, I'm not going to say the names. I'm not going to say those fucking twins and their helicopter piece of shit dad I'm not going to say their names because it'll just infuriate me but guys like that aren't going to be going to alabama anymore they stay home in texas loyal to the soil i mean there's so much talent um in this 2022 class on the offensive line and just being able to keep part of it is going to be huge no more fucking mike mislinskis and some dudes that, you know some random guys out of florida that we never even heard of so um, i think it's a great hire and probably the best one of probably out of every single person that is going to get brought on this year by Sark. Um, I think it's, it's just an absolute home run. Um, and then for tight ends, I know we still haven't really gotten anything confirmed except, you know, the name out there is still Mr. Pole assassin himself, uh, uh, banks, um, from Alabama, who's a recruiting witch, it seems like. Um, so hopefully, you know, it's not dead yet from what I've seen, um, hopefully, uh, he's a guy that, that ends group is starting to get pretty scary. I mean, oh, even yeah. without additional recruits that uh, we've got gunner on, on his way in, he shares yep. a, a namesake with my son. So oh, nice. I'm really excited to watch him, um, come and see what he can do. But it, it really does seem like that position is going to start turning into something. Yeah. And I mean, and Wiley's that, a first round pick in the making to me. I mean, that guy exactly. looks beastly. And then you got, I mean, even guy like Librock can't even get any run. Um, well, mainly because Cade fucking Brewer's on, on the field, but um, Librock, I mean, he's, he's a stud himself. And then, yeah, you got Helm and then the big name looks like we're going to see Jatavion Sanders at tight end and defensive end. And golly, if he's, I mean, half as good as, as he looks on, I mean, I see him on ESPN make get on, you know, you got Moss segments and shit. Uh, when's the last time we had a guy like that? But uh, moving on to that. So uh, th- another guy that's basically confirmed at this point, Bo Davis for the defensive line. Um, another home run. What an incredible hire. Hey, and you know what I love? Bags are getting dropped. Uh, I, I mean, Bo Davis, he, he's already been hit with a show clause before. Um yeah, this guy knows how to play the game, and I'm excited to see it played at Texas. I mean, we can finally start money whipping some of these recruits as well as the coaches. Yeah, and I i mean, I can't tell you how hard I get. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever, the defensive line is so good. Oh, I my God. Imagine a, a time where, like, you know, back in, in the mid, you know, late 2000s, whenever the Texas defense – and that defensive line was just a machine for studs. Yep. Right? I mean, I remember, uh, I remember going out one night and being at the Blind Pig, uh, and I, I had a, a couple of friends on the the football team, and that was the night that I met Lamar Houston for the first time. And I like, I, I feel like that is going to start happening again, where Agreed. you run into guys like that, and it's like, holy shit. Right, you yep. do not want to be on the other side of this guy. Absolutely, um, the Casey Hamptons get those 
big boys back in there. And I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do with the, t- the talent that's already here. I mean, Keandre Coburn, um, Alfred Collins, good God. I mean, that good Alfred God. Collins, I mean, he's going to be a top 15 pick. I mean, that dude is that good. He could be, he could be a, you know, when um, Urban was doing his segment on uh, the big noon kickoff shows when he was talking about a $300 million defensive end. Oh, that yeah. could be, you know, Texas's $300 million defensive sure. end. You know, I mean, that, that pick he had. Oh, my God. The pick against Colorado. I, the athleticism for a dude that size. Oh, my God. But, I mean, e- even the other guys, you know, Tavondre Sweat being in there. And and I think I think Coburn and Sweat both played heavy this year. I think they're going to get some more pass rush chops uh, with Davis being in. Um, I think that's really where he cut, a, cut his teeth. Awesome. And then, right, we have no idea who's coming for defensive coordinator. No, I don't know if it's Boom. I would love the Boom hire. I loved Boom the first time. I still wear my Boom motherfucker shirt from (laughs) Baggy. (laughs) Love it. Uh, The other names aren't, you know, too far. There's no slouch on this list of people that are really getting – Big yeah, interest for this job. Yeah, I really like Arnett. Um, I think from Mississippi State. I remember watching uh, him when he was with San Diego State, being like, "Who the hell is this guy that turns San Diego State into just this defensive powerhouse?" Um, I think he's done pretty well. Especially, it's it's hard, you know, being a defensive coordinator at a leech school because you're on the field all the time. Um, whether they're going three and out or they're scoring a you know scoring fifty points, um, it's it's hard to 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 be a defensive coordinator with them. And I think he's done a great job. Um, I know people are going to gnash their teeth over a three three five a three three five defense, but who cares? As long as uh, it can it can adapt against the Big Twelve and especially against you know Lincoln Riley. Um, other names: Dan Quinn sounds like he's going to stay in the NFL. Um, at least that's my guess, but would be huge. Um, as well as uh, John Glenn. I thought the dude was just an astronaut, but I guess he's also a linebacker's coach for the Seahawks. Um, and then the last one's uh, Pete Golding, who's about to be the defensive coordinator for probably a national champion uh, Alabama team. So can't really get mad about that hire. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Ash isn't ruled out. So yeah. that Ash is still in play and... I think especially late in the season, this season, I saw a lot of things to like about what was being put on the field from a defensive perspective. For sure. I don't know how much of that had to do with COVID, but it did start to seem like things were starting to click. That defense was starting to play a bit more aggressive. And, and, you know, I saw for the first time a spark on that defense that I haven't seen in a, in a really long, time. long time. Yeah, for sure. And, and they looked hungry. I mean, I think a lot of that comes from having a guy like Osai on, on the field with you. Um, but really there, there's some leaders on that team. Josh Thompson seems like a big time leader. And, and I think that's kudos to Chris, Chris Ash as well. Um, I think the safeties who he coaches um, really were, besides Caden Stearns, were pretty a strong part of that defense. And, you know, it might be a little bit of a, of a vanilla hire to me, um, leaving Chris Chris Ash there. But, you know, he still has results. He knows the league. He's, he has that familiarity level with the team as well. All right. And then, so at linebackers, still No TV. idea. Hopefully Tosh right, LaPoy. No yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, we're talking about bags getting dropped. Why not bring old Tosh in? Um, but my guess is the linebacker spot's probably going to get covered by whoever we bring in as the defensive coordinator. Um, probably do do the dual role, um, mainly because we're hearing yeah. so many so many names for defensive backs. Yeah, and so d- DBs that's that's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean that what what an exciting time outside of just Texas. What an exciting time to be a d- defensive backs coordinator. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> But yeah, so we have Joseph, who's confirmed in from Notre Dame. I mean, he was on Notre Dame staff for three years, and obviously they've been really successful. And Brian Kelly's not the kind to keep you know baggage around. I know he was uh, uh, with A and M, and I talked to an A and M buddy, and said he's nothing special. But um, that's also him probably just downplaying shit because Zaggy. Um, but I think it's a good hire. Uh, it it kind of remains to be seen if he's going to be coaching cornerbacks. He's going to be coaching safeties. Um, cause we also have Gideon too, who obviously his backgrounds in defensive backs. And then 
We yeah. still hear the Raymond name around uh, Corey Raymond from LSU, which would just be monstrous. It would be I mean, a slam dunk. Slam, oh, yeah. That would be a home run. And that guy, that guy gets good for him. Get paid, sure. bro. Cause, Every time. Because he is putting a really good, you know, product out on the field. Oh, yeah. I mean, he guarantees you. I mean, he guarantees you Denver Harris as well um, in, in 2022. And I mean, I can't I can't think of a better hire um, if they were able to actually poach Raymond. And and for, for the record, Raymond and Bo Davis did play together um, in college at LSU. So, you know, maybe there's a shot. Get the band back together. Absolutely. All right. Strength and conditioning. Yeah. Big well, hire in yeah. Strength huge. And conditioning department yeah people rave about it so it looks like they actually might be doing a dual role as well where um so the name's tory becton from cal um looks like he might just be the strength and they might have another conditioning guy come in as well so um which is what alabama does and obviously that shit works well for them so why not work work it here oh that would be exciting that's, I mean, I'm just just from the names that we know, it's like hire a, one of the defensive coordinators we talked about. And I feel like everything else is just going to fall into place. And I, I can't sure. can't really understate how excited I am, not just because it's a new coach that isn't Tom Herman, but it's that these coaches collectively paired with the players that we know that can play. Right. Absolutely. Let them do their job. Nobody was disappointed with the Kansas State blowout and, and you know, the the great defense that was played there. Nobody was bummed whenever Colorado, right, was getting mud holed by Texas. It's just, it's just that it was great to see those players playing. Yeah, right. And, and being ballers. And yeah. really. I, I, it's almost like they were auditioning for the next coaching staff. Agreed. Is, uh, I mean, it's 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 crazy to me to think that talent that we saw with Kansas State and Colorado, we've had that all year. We just haven't shown it. I mean, that I mean, we should have throttled Tech. You know, even even Iowa State. I mean, the amount of talent that is there that just needs to be maximized is ridiculous. And I'm really excited about this staff because these are a team of maximizers. I mean, that's exactly what these guys do. Um, they're going to put a lot of people in, into the league. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be crazy. I, I so far Sark's just. I mean, if we get half of these names that are still out there, I mean, grand slam for your first coaching staff. And so we know that coaching staffs make for recruiting. Uh, have we seen any immediate impact on the recruiting? Because we're in between national signing days. Most everyone, right, is doing early national signing day now. And there's only a few holdouts for kind of the second one. Have we seen any big name flips? Or yeah. do we see this staff bringing in some players that may have otherwise gone elsewhere? Yeah, my guess is we're going to see some portal action um, from probably from both sides as well. I mean, I expect um, Sark, he might be running some guys off as well. Some of these some of this dead weight um, that's, you know, opening some scholarships up. And but I really do think that we're going to be focusing mainly on high school kids. Um, it, it's it's kind of a shame with the transfer portal because um, it just means you miss somewhere else, you know, every year. Every single year we've been talking about, oh, who can we get out of the transfer portal to come play offensive line for us? Well, that just means our offensive line recruiting fucking sucks. Uh, you know, if we have to find a plug and play every single year, there's something going wrong there. So um, I know LJ Johnson's the big name uh, still out there, and I think it's still kind of a 50-50 battle between A&M and, and Texas. So um, it would be great to, you know, a great start to recruiting if we could we could land that one and then i think you know really it's just all in on 2022 i'm sure uh sark's already talked to yours or if not he will be soon he'll call the motherfucker at halftime tomorrow yeah. <laughs> if you have to halftime yeah he won't even need a halftime speech because they'll be up by fucking 45 after. absolutely yeah so yeah i mean He's that's a big name yeah for sure so i i think really it's going to be all eyes on 2022 after this and and uh, hopefully, you know, he can fill a couple spots and I'm sure we're probably going to bring in another defensive lineman. Um, I can't see us taking another running back if it's not LJ Johnson. We'll probably just save that scholarship for 2022 and yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. All right. 
enough about football. Let's talk about something else that usually isn't exciting. Yeah. And we all know that Dirkus Dick is going to get hard as a rock. <laughs> when we talk about Shaka Smart not cutting his hair and oh winning God. almost every fucking basketball game as the coach of the Texas basketball team. Holy shit. Man, I want to just go to his house and take every razor he's ever owned and throw it away. Um, hair Shaka is fantastic because this is what we've been waiting for for years. The defense, the offense, I mean, he's always been able to recruit. It's always, you know, getting the Mo Bambas. And, you know, I love Greg Brown right now. And, you know, it's great. But when you can't maximize them, like we talked about with football, you just have a shitty product on the field. Um, teams that don't want to play and teams don't, that don't want to play defense. And now you're looking at guys like, you know, Coleman and Jones that just, they've been fantastic. I mean, what a run. And the defense that they're playing is lights out. Right. Absolutely. I mean, then it's like the first time I've seen a Texas team play defense in forever. And yep. it's awesome to see Coleman, right? And how he's just consistently gotten better. And he's always just been so close to being it. Absolutely. And it really seems like he's captured that essence for whatever that means for this season. And for, sure. for me, it's, it's it's exciting, right, to turn on ESPN or Fox or really any sports channel and hear Texas in the conversation to be a one seed. One seed. I never in my life thought, you know, going into this year, I was like, you know what? Shock is for sure going to make the tournament. This is probably the most talented team he's ever had here. They'll make the tournament, you know, maybe, maybe they could make it to, I don't know, maybe a Sweet 16 if everything goes right. Now I'm thinking championship or bust, and maybe that's foolish. Maybe that's me chugging a little too much orange Kool-Aid, but man, they are flying. They're flying to the basketball. They're helping each other. Yesterday's game. They're winning close, hard games, which is something that the Texas teams have struggled with and struggled with for a long time. They lose that West Virginia game every single time. Every single time they would have lost that West Virginia game until this season. It's just so different now. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's really exciting to see that we we could probably talk a lot more about basketball now For instead sure. of just the perpetual disappointment. Yeah, it's it's something that I have to watch now. I used to, you know, glance at the schedule and, oh, yeah, they're playing Kansas today. I guess I'll throw it on until we're down 20 at the half. Now it's like, oh, it's it's required viewing and it's it's required for us to talk about now. So I, I, I'm, so, I'm super excited. I mean, I haven't been this excited for a basketball team since TJ Ford. Yeah, I mean, really, it, it had. There's been nothing to be excited about uh, until now. Now it's it's yep. and and maybe Shaka may earn himself a fucking extension. Who knows? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, hopefully it's not one of those Tom Herman. Yeah, but it needs to be contractual that he fucking has hair. Yes, mandatory. Uh, all right, so um, I hear that you've put together some of your top five best. And uh, potentially, you know, bottom five yeah. moments. Yeah, the the Mensa turtle. Yeah, the top five best moments was pretty hard to come up with. Um, the top five worst uh, was hard to keep it just a five. So, um, and you know, just speak about the pod as well. So, we are going to be looking to do um, at least one of these segments every single um, week or every single pod that we're recording this, whether that be some kind of rankings. Um, we're going to have a mailbag. We'll put the we'll. We'll make sure uh, there's a thread that y'all can leave your uh, questions for us, um, as well as, you know, maybe some guests on um, that sort of thing. So um, diving into it, my top five best men's of moments. Um, number five was not being Charlie Strong. Um, easily my favorite thing about Tom Herman is that he was not Charlie Strong. Um, that's pretty, pretty, pretty hard to do, and it's not exactly a high bar to set, but um, number four was uh four and oh in bowl games and just blowing people out. Um, That's big. That's it big. Just, yeah, it just shows that you know, with some preparation, except you know what? I, I always hear, oh, yeah, we had two weeks to prepare, but then you lose to Maryland twice, you had all year to prepare anyway. Um, number three for me is a 2018 recruiting class. Uh, it was fantastic keeping all the guys in state. I think it was like 11 of the top 12 um, players in Texas on 247. Um, was huge. You know, the guys like Brennan Eagles and 
Anthony Cook and all those guys. Of course, they didn't develop and they haven't played like they should. But um, either way, the recruiting class was fantastic. And that's when I was really chugging the burnt orange Kool-Aid until the BBs fell out of the box. Um, speaking of 2018, the 2018 Red River, um, what a great game that was. What a great game. Uh, take the loss, Pussy. Incredible game. Yeah, I was, there, yeah, I was there. It was crazy. That was just so fucking fun. Oh, that was so great. And yeah, and that's you know, uh, yeah. And then number one, probably for everybody, beating Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, even though they didn't want to be there, according to everybody else. But um, I mean, the fans that I was fucking getting into an argument with in the stands seemed like they wanted to fucking be there. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, and then you know the Sam's we're back at the end is probably going to get memed to oblivion for the next well, hundred well, years. It was, the, it was the goddamn motto on the site for a while because <laughs> we all wanted to believe Sam. One Sam, time. if you're listening, we wanted to fucking believe, bro. Sam's for sure listening to the pod, no doubt. <laughs> he's definitely on Surly. Uh, I don't know if he's lurking or not, but create an account, Sam. Come, come, comment, come, yeah. comment with us. Um, so those are my top five best, my top five worst. Number five, losing to Maryland twice. How? How on earth wow. did we lose to Maryland twice? Ugh. Uh, number four, being an asshole. Um, the mocking Drew Locke. You know, there were so many things that I could put on here, but uh, mocking Drew Locke at the time, I thought, oh, yeah, this this guy gets it. No, you're just an asshole. Um, flipping off the cameras on, on the Longhorn Network. Fucking... Ron signing day. That's yeah. What an idiot. You know, those are on. And then ah. when he stormed the field against uh, Mike Gundy at the end of the game, like, what are you doing, man? Like there has to be some level of professionalism. I mean, you don't see fucking Lane Kiffin doing that kind of shit. Like there has to be some level of professionalism, at, especially at that, a job. Dude, like that that cocaine brain. It's that yeah, cocaine brain. He's he had too many of those G2s and vodkas. Uh, number three worst um, one score games just being an overall turtle 14 and 13 in one score games I am so tired of Texas taking years off of my life with one score games I can't Every- believe how many overtime games even just this season last season through his whole tenure it, it Crazy. and I, you know, a good overtime game every now and then is awesome right hard yep. fought little battle or whatever it is but God damn, every week, every Fuck. single week. And just you can't he can't he never put anybody away. He never blew anybody out. I mean, until it literally Kansas State and Colorado are the only and UTEP are the only ones I can ever think of that we actually blew people out in. Otherwise, it's ho-hum, turtle your way to a 20 to 16 win. Uh, nobody looks good on offense. Nobody looks good on defense, uh, except we you win just enough for us not to fire you, basically. So that'll be nice to see because Sarkeesian does not give a shit about people's feelings. He's going to run up the score against anybody. Uh, yeah, all gas, no breaks. Absolutely. Uh, number two worst, go for two in the Red River, Tom. This year was your year. You have this awesome comeback. What were you down, 17? Is that right? Uh, uh, it, was, it was impossible. They yeah, gave Sam yeah. too much time, but it was absolutely. impossible. It's and you pulled wild. off the impossible only to fuck it up. Just we're down eight. You score that last second touchdown. You get the two point conversion. You get the ball and off. Just go in there. Go for two. Win the game. Instead, we kick and then uh, I, I don't even want to think about it. Uh, and my number one worst moment and the time that I should have realized this was going to be just a terrible, terrible, terrible hire was when Wareheim and Meekins and Jason Washington all got off the plane with him at his intro- introductory press conference. That staff was worse than you could ever imagine. I mean, those guys were barely cut out to work at University of Houston. Just, uh, just an unimaginably, unimaginably bad staff. Um, that was easily my least favorite thing about Tom Herman. And then just not firing Tim fucking Beck. When you're having to call the offensive plays because Tim Beck sucks that bad, just fire him and hire somebody half decent, but he couldn't look past his own dick. And that's why he's collecting unemployment checks now. Well, uh, he's laughing to the bank, but yes, a little I, bit. we don't know. So we still don't know quite know the, the details of the buyout. As soon as we get our hands on some of that, uh, I'm sure that's going to be some uh, fodder 
for the canon. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, more uh, Kendra Scott talk and uh, donor planes and shit. Yeah, opening uh, opening doors on donor planes. Yeah, that's I can't wait for those moments because my guess is they're probably going to try to fire him for cause. And when we find out what that cause was, the board is going to be humming. Yeah, I I, I mean. It's it's been really nice. Um, so you know the urban or bust thread brought back a lot of big names. The Sarkeesian okay. hire, the Tom Herman firing, brought back Machinator. Fucking, yep. f- uh, it's incredible to have our own bot back. Yeah, um, absolutely. Tars. Yeah, he's he's been great. He put a big smile on my face uh, on absolutely. the on the Gone posters thread. Right, I I was lamenting his loss. Um, him and now this. Yeah. Uh, now now this. If you're listening. Come back. It's okay. If, it's okay. If you <laughs> if it's, it's okay. We you know, we we have all kinds of people that are into all kinds of things. You're safe <laughs> at Surly Horns. It's a safe it's always a safe space at Surly, that's for sure. But yeah, no, I mean I think it's great. I think there's a general excitement back. Um, just with the program itself, um, not even just the board, but you know, you can get a visible sense from even the people that I talk to that they're just generally excited again, um, to see just a new future and, and excited to see what goes on from here. Honestly, I'm sad that, you know, after tomorrow, we got to wait so long until we get to see him again. Uh, cause I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for that opener against yeah, Louisiana. The spring game is going to be the best spring game fucking ever. Oh yeah, for sure. Hopefully, hopefully COVID doesn't. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know, hinder that. Uh, well, and and you know, here's to hoping that the 2021 college football season um, doesn't just turn into an unmitigated disaster like 2020 was. Uh, it was just a fucking brutal. Train wreck. Yep, absolutely brutal. I mean, half the people are rooting for losses, so you can't Herman, and half the people are, you know, just just kind of apathetic. I think apathy has been the biggest thing with, especially with this year. And it's just nice to have some general excitement and some, you know, some real hope again for the first time in a long time. All right. Well, <clears throat> who do you think wins the national championship game? Alabama. I think Bama fucks I, I don't think it's going to even be close. You know, uh, I'll be so pissed off too if Ohio State does some, find some way to win. I mean, that they'll be six and zero. Like, congratulations on your awesome season. You paid nobody except Clemson and now Alabama. So, I think uh, I think it's going to be a big time shootout. I think um, you know, my guess is some kind of fifty forty four game um, should be awesome to watch. I don't know. I think Alabama is, they are something else right now that, you know, there's only been a few teams this, this year's Alabama team is, is going to have 10 plus players playing on Sundays. Yeah. We're going to see like one of those old uh, 2001 Miami hurricanes where they had just like 30 first round picks or for, you know, a crazy number. Cause I mean, everybody on that team is so damn talented. Yeah. And then the Heisman winner. That's great. You know, the wide receiver winning it for the first time since Desmond Howard. That's yeah. awesome. Really so nice to see that. Fucking annual best quarterback in the league mm-hmm. that best goes to the team that's ranked number one award. Yeah, best quarterback or some running back that happens to run for twenty two hundred yards or some kind of crazy shit. The Derrick Henry or Mark Ingram, and yeah, it's nice to see a wide receiver finally get its due. And next, we'll see a defensive player maybe. Hopefully, you know, yep. Donkey Kong Sue. He was the yeah. last one. Yeah. All right. Um, well, any final thoughts uh, no. for the board or the audience? Nope. That's pretty much all I got. You know, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting this first one under our belt and start doing this regularly. You know, I want to do this at least once a week, maybe twice a week. If, if you know, hopefully Sarkeesian and Shaka give us enough st- shit to talk about. Um, I'm excited to get up and running. I'm excited for the uh, fans' feedback on the board. Uh, make sure you give us some questions for our, you know, next mailbag whenever we do find one. And uh, follow me on Twitter, RGBIII. Um, I'm pretty much everywhere. So uh, that's and, all uh, I got. I want to, yeah, I want to say that we're going to be starting weekly threads for the next podcast. So we'll have, we'll drop this podcast. It'll have a discussion thread. And at the same time, we're going to open up kind of the mailbag for the next week. 
so that we can get ideas and feedback, what we can do uh, better, what segments, or have people who want to show up and talk with us on Absolutely. the podcast. Yeah, I know close to jumping heat. I know you're going to get want to get on here and uh, start spouting some bullshit, so I'm ready to hear it. And if you guys haven't, it's hidden somewhere on the board in the coach search thread, but I did post the rest of that ham phone call. Oh yeah, that that thing's great. We need to. Hey, if you still got the number, we gotta we gotta hit them up. Hopefully, some uh, some of that litigation's over now. And yeah, that that definitely is the white whale of our podcast guests. All right, surly, stay surly and hook them. Hook them.